Hey, we're in week six of Knowing God, where we've been looking at this whole thought that we could know God more. We want to see God do more in our lives. And so we've been down this uh, journey of different things that we could possibly do. We talked about reading God's Word. You get to know Him more, praying more, get to know Him more, and seeing more, fasting, uh, seeing Him work in your life more. Talked about getting involved in the church, serving, or being in a ministry team. That's how you get to know God more. And then last week, I, I talked about the, even being generous. That, that part of knowing God more is, is linked to our generosity, our being more generous. We get to know God more. And today, I'm talking about knowing God more by sharing my faith more. And super excited about the message. And I was wondering what I had when I was thinking of this message, I was wondering what are the top things that people uh, post about? What are the top things on social media? And I, I struggled to find some answers. And look, I'm going to make fun of social media. I had to say something first service. I'm just making jokes here, y'all, okay? Anyway, if you do this, this is great. I'm making fun of you to your face, all right? <laughs> anyway, 2022, top things. that these, these got the most hits, most likes, whatever. 2022, the war in Ukraine, which is kind of weird because we, we don't even think about it anymore. Not hardly, unless, you're, unless it's a political thing. Second one was... The FIFA World Cup. That was the second most, got the second most, which I kind of get because that was a worldwide event. Number three was the 94th Academy Awards. I think that's where somebody got slapped or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> number four was Queen Elizabeth's death or dying. And remember, there were people, you know, just all kinds of stuff anyway. And then number five was shocking to me. Anybody know what number five was? Monkeypox. Remember that came around? Everybody said, oh, man, monkey. It's monkey. It's, we've gone to monkeypox. Whatever happened, I don't know what happened to monkeypox, but it, it went away, didn't it? And so I read all this to say that they, they say they got the most hits and most likes, but the truth is I bet you didn't post about hardly any of those things, did you? Did anybody post about monkeypox? I don't think so. I was watching. I'm kidding. I wasn't. You know what we do post about? This is what I think we post about. This is just my, my thoughts. Politics. And you're going to get more of that this year. Praise God, huh? <laughs> Sports, we love our teams. We do. We love our teams. You know it's true. We're posting about some sports, which is great. This is like, if this is you, it's okay. Achievements, especially if it's our kids or grandkids, man, we love to post about stuff like that. And Leslie and I, that's one of the things that we do post. Vacations, celebrations. We post about those things, which is great. Food. I mentioned this year, weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago. We love to post some food, don't we? Look what I'm eating right there. <laughs> Somebody posted a picture of a cup of tea. I was like, a cup of tea? It's interesting. <laughs> Took the time out to post a cup of tea. But it made them feel better. Go ahead and knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. But you know the thing we post about the most? Is ourselves. I've, I am always amazed at the power of a selfie. Look, I'm not against it, but we've made selfie sticks. Think about that. A stick so you can make pictures of yourself, you know? And I'm not, look, if you do that, that's great. That's great. I'm just, I'm just, it's just, it's just I was telling somebody after the first service, it's just an opener. Don't anybody take it personal. I'm going to read you a verse. Because these are the things that we like to talk about or we normally talk about. I want to read you a verse of what Jesus said that he would hope or that he was telling us that we should talk about. Here we go. Acts 1.8. It 
He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses. And then tell me what those four words are. Telling people about me. Now, it's interesting to me that this is what Jesus said that we would do. His followers would do. He says, this is, you will tell people about me. You'll tell people about me. And that, that this would be what we do, what we said. This would be the priority of our life. And so many times, I wonder if it really is. I wonder if the priority of our life is to tell people about Jesus Christ. Now, I think it's an, an area of our life where it may be hindering us knowing God more. Because I feel like he's nudging all of us, hey, tell them about me. Tell them, tell them about me. Reminds me of, uh, of, of uh, the kids in children's church. Kids in children's church, uh, the, the, the pastor had him come on the stage, and, and he said, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question. He said, what's gray and what's fuzzy and what, what eats nuts? The kids went, ah. He said, come on, kids. He said, what's gray and what's fuzzy and what eats nuts? The kid raised his hand. He said, I know the answer is Jesus, but it sounds like a squirrel to me. And I think in some ways, that's the way we are. We know the answer is Jesus, but we're not sure we're going to tell anybody. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure I'm going to say anything. And so I want to give you three thoughts today on how you can share your faith more. Just how you can share your faith more and how you're going to see God work in your life more, how you can know him more. And it's three decisions you're going to make. The first is this. You're going to, you're going to decide what you believe. You're going to decide what you believe. And this is huge. And some of you have been coming here the whole time. Some of you are new. What you believe is huge. And Jesus said in, in John 14, Jesus makes this outrageous claim about himself. I want you to hear it. I'm the way. I'm going to back up. This is what Jesus said. I am the way. This is called a definite article. He doesn't say I'm a way. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And then he makes this claim, no one, no one, no one, no one, no one can come to the Father except through me. That Jesus makes this audacious, this outrageous claim that I am he, I am it, I'm the only one who is right, that no one will make it to heaven except through me. And this is, this is something you need to decide if you believe or not. Because a lot of times what we believe is, is that if I'm a good person, that if I could just be good enough, if I'm good enough, if my good deeds outweigh my bad, then, then, I, then, then man, then I'm in good shape. Then I'm in good shape. And I just want you to hear this from me. You're never going to be good enough. There's not enough good deeds out there. That the church isn't about us being good. It was never about us being good. And we had this theology that, that, that I'm going to be good, that I'm going to raise good kids, and they're going to make good grades, and then they're going to get good jobs, and then they're going to make good money, and then they're going to take care of me. Which is a great theory, but it has nothing to do with them being saved. You see, Jesus is the only one who makes this claim that it's not about being good, it's about being saved. And it's not about what we do, it's about what he has done for us on the cross. And so Jesus makes this claim, you've got to decide if you believe that or not, because that changes everything. 
Because if you're sitting there thinking, well, they're a nice person, they've got a nice house, or they're good people, or he's got a lot of money, then you're never going to tell anybody about Jesus. But if you have this belief that, hey, that they need Jesus, I don't care who they are, what they've done, that we all need Jesus Christ, then that changes everything. So we've got to decide what we believe. And so if you're here today and you're new, then you've got to be thinking, well, how could Jesus say that? How could Jesus just stand up there and say, I'm it, I'm right, everybody else is wrong, and I'm going to give you the answer. Here's the scripture. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless and our faith is useless. Here's why. Jesus is the only one who died and rose from the dead. He's the only one. Now, I don't know if you believe that or not, but I want you to think of it like this. Jesus called a shot. Jesus told his followers, he said, hey, I'm going to die, and in three days I'm going to rise from the dead. Years ago when uh, both my boys were playing travel ball, uh, we were on some pretty good teams, but we were getting beat in this game. We were getting beat two to nothing. And, we, and my son Mitchell has always been a really good fastball hitter. He's not so good. He's not here today, so I can say this. He's not so good on the curveballs. But when he went to Luke Allen, who played for the Dodgers, Luke's passed away now, he said that he told me that Mitchell had some of the fastest hands of any kid he'd ever seen. But he couldn't stay back. But he could hit a fastball. And we were playing this game, we were getting beat two to nothing. And Mitchell was talking to his coach, his coach was Bobby Wheeler, who runs Wheeler's Cleaners over here. And Mitchell said, I can't believe we're not hitting this guy. And Bobby looked at him and said, what are you going to do about it? And Mitchell said, I'm going to hit the first pitch this kid throws me over the fence. He got up in the last inning. We had a runner on base. We're getting beat two to nothing. He comes up. The first pitch, the kid throws a fastball. He hits it way out of the park. Now, I'll tell you that. It's one thing to call your shot with a fastball, you know what I mean, with a baseball game. It's another thing to call your shot and say, I'm going to die, but in three days, I'm going to rise from the dead. This is absurdity. If you're here today and you're hearing it for the first time, listen, I'll admit it. It's absurd. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. But I believe it with all my heart. And it's the crux of the basis of what we believe. It's so important that here's why Jesus could say, hey, I'm right. He's the only one who died and rose from the dead. I'm going to list this. Confucius is dead. Buddha is dead. Muhammad is dead. Joseph Smith is dead. Charles Russell is dead. The only one who is alive is Jesus Christ. That he died and rose from the dead. You've got to decide if you really believe it. Because if you really believe it, it changes everything. Now, I'm going to stop right here. Some of you may not believe it. I'm going to give you three reasons why I believe it. Now, I believe it because I've seen it and I've been doing it a while, but I'm going to give you three reasons why I believe it. The first is this. These are just logical reasons. You may not need these, but some people do. And look, look, more power to you because I need them sometimes. First one is this. Where was his body? That if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, what happened to his body? See, the scriptures say that when Jesus died, he was put in a tomb. And it was surrounded by Roman soldiers. As a matter of fact, the word for Roman soldiers uh, was, was like this word for this special team of soldiers who were like Navy SEALs. And they were guarding the tomb. There were 16 of them. And the, the theory is that Jesus' followers came and overpowered those guards and stole the body. And you may believe that, but that, that, would, that, would, seem, that would seem a stretch. That would seem a stretch to me that Jesus' followers who couldn't even follow him once he'd been arrested, who all ran and were scared to death, were going to come back 
and overpower these, this, this group of Navy SEAL guards? Nah, I, that's hard to believe. But if you do believe that, then answer me this question. Here's the second one. Why did Jesus' followers die? Why did Jesus' followers die? Now, I'm, I'm going to share this with you. Now, again, some of you don't need this. I need someone who will be my volunteer just so I can say your name. Stephen, I'll use you. This is my friend Stephen right here. All right, me and Stephen are friends. We've worked out together. We've been friends together. Let's just say Stephen said, hey, I'm son of God. All right? And he said, in three days, he said, I want you to follow me. He says, I'm going to die, and in three days, I'm going to ride from the dead. And then Stephen dies. All right? Stephen dies. Who am I looking for in three days? All right, help me out here. Stephen, I'm looking for Stephen. I'm looking for Stephen. Three days, I'm looking for Stephen. And if Stephen doesn't raise back to life, listen, am I going to die for Stephen? No, I'm not dying for Stephen. It's going to be a stretch in a lot of ways to do it anyway. But I'm, I'm only going to do it for one reason, that if that guy rose back, if he came back to life, then guess what? I'm following that guy. You with me on this? That Jesus followers, every one of them, died because they believed that Jesus had rose from the dead. Everyone, Peter was crucified upside down. Why would he do that? He's not going to do that if he knew it was a lie. That would be ludicrous. Which leads me to the third one, and this, I think, is as much as anybody. What would it take to convince your brother that you were the son of God? Now, how many have a brother? Anybody got a brother? I've got two brothers. One of them's a pastor, and one works for the government. You know what I'm talking about? I'm kind of right in the middle. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I could convince either one of them that I was the son of God unless I were to do something that was son of God-like, like die and rise again. And so I say this, you've got to decide what you believe, that if this is true, if there's only one way to heaven, if there really is a God out there that sent his son and he died and he rose from the dead and you can find life in him, then man, you need to do it. And we need, we need to tell others. Which leads me to the second one. You need to decide how you will go. You need to decide how you will go. Years ago, I was invited to a work party. A guy from the church, he's here today, invited me to his work party. And he told me there's going to be a lot of drinking there. There's going to be people drinking. And, uh, and he, said, he said, I want you to come. I want you to meet my work people. I want you to meet my family. I went. And it was great. You know what he did? He introduced me to everybody he worked with. He introduced me to everybody in his family. See, being at stuff that where, where there's drinking, it doesn't bother me. You know why it doesn't bother me? It didn't bother Jesus. You know, the Bible says that Jesus changed the water to what? That Jesus went in places. They, they called Jesus, he hangs out with drunkards. He hangs out with sinners. That he went to the party with Matthew, and they were having a party. Jesus, it didn't scare Jesus. And here's the thing, like so many times we talk about accepting uh, our sharing our faith with people. We feel like that, that we land in two camps. I'm going to give you the two camps. You've got to decide how you will go. You've got to decide how you go. But I'm, I'm going to give you the two camps, and then I'm going to give you an alternative. Here's the one camp. We feel like we've got to be judgmental. Hear me on this. You're never going to win anybody to Christ being judgmental. You're not. You may think you are. You may want to tell them everything that you're against. I'm against this. I'm against that. I'm against this. I'm against that. And listen to me. I, you're not going to win anybody to Christ. You're just not. 
It's just not going to happen that we, we feel like we've, we've got to tell everybody all the things. As a matter of fact, the church used to be all about all the things they're against. And so that's one extreme, this part about being judgmental. Well, here's the whole other extreme. The whole other extreme is that there can't be, I, I don't have to have any change in my life. I can just tell people I believed in Jesus. I prayed a prayer 25 years ago. Nothing changed in my life. I still talk like this. I still do this. I still do that. I still do that. And none of it reflects Christ in a good way. And then you want to tell people about Jesus. It doesn't work there either. It kind of cancels out the whole thing. Like Jesus changed my life. And they're looking at you going, how? You're just like me. There's a different alternative. There's a middle ground that I'm not judgmental. I'm not perfect. I sin, but I don't like my sin, and I, I, I confess it, and I own it, and I'm trying to follow Jesus Christ. And Paul said this. He says, yes, I try to find common ground with everyone. That, he, that Paul says, hey, I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of whoever I'm, I'm faced with that I'm going to try to be in the middle here and try to find this common ground with people that I can share my faith. I try to find common ground with everything, doing everything I can, doing everything I can to save some. That, man, I, this, I, I wake up in the morning and I think about people who don't know Christ. I think about my friends and my family. I think about people who I'm, I work with or people on our ball team. I think, man, they don't know Jesus, and I'm going to try to find some common ground, not in legalism, not in just being whatever I want to be, but in the middle of just following Christ. And Paul says, I do that. He says, I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. And here's the blessing, that, man, you're going to know God better. You're going to see him work in your life. Here's, here's what you don't understand. Hear me on this. You don't understand the impact of your life. You have the ability to affect eternity by the way you live, by what you say and what you do. Students, you're on the front row. You have the ability to affect your school, to change the culture of your school. The man, if they're, they're looking for somebody to say, man, I follow Christ. They're looking for it. I'm telling you. They won't come up to you. They won't knock on your door, but they lay at night on their pillow. You know, I know because I did. I didn't grow up in the church. I laid awake thinking, man, how do I figure this out? What's going on here? I didn't feel love. My parents were divorced. Dad's an alcoholic. Man, he was so angry. He was, man, and then look at that anger passed down to me. And look, I didn't have it all. I would lay there at night wondering, how is this working out? Man, if you and I would come to this place, man, we are going to be like this. Man, there's no telling what would happen. No telling what would go on in our life. Here's the next scripture. Man, what if we were this? You are the light of the world. What if we just said, I'm going to be light? I'm going to be light. Wherever I'm at, I'm going to be a light. I'm going to do the best I can because there's a lot of darkness out there. I'm going to try to be a light. I'm going to wake up in the morning and say, God, use me. Make me a light. And what I say and what I do and how I act, man, that would be life changing. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, like a city on a hilltop, can't it be hidden? No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise their Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father. That man, what if we would just made the decision that we're going to be a light? Listen to me on this. What if you just move the needle one click? Hear me. Let's just say that you've never told anybody about Christ, and you're like, okay, I'm going to be a one. Or what if it's just say that you're going to be a five, and you're like, I'm going to move to a six. What if you were to do that? Man, you'd be shocked. If you prayed for opportunities for God to use you, if you prayed for, for 
lost people who are, you know that are your friends, that are your family, they're your coworkers. Let me give you a couple of thoughts here. What if you were just simply to start inviting people to church? Now, I know Stephen from, from working out here in Cali. I know him. I knew him there before I ever knew him from church. I'm not an overpowering person, y'all. My personality on the stage is bigger than me in person. I know somebody that. That's an understatement. I'm serious. I am an extroverted introvert. I could go all day and not talk to people. I'm serious. But you know what I can do? I can invite people to church. I can. I can invite them. Sometimes I'll use this line, why don't you give me a shot to be your pastor? That's what I'll say. Give me a shot. I don't know. I'll say, why don't you give me a shot? Give me a shot. What if you were to invite? You know, we got four Easter services coming up. More people are more apt to go to church on Easter than any other time of the year. We're going to give you some cards. What if you were to invite people? People that you Listen to me. People that you love. Hear me, hear me. People that you say are your friends. Second thing, what if you were to start investing? Start investing in other people. You name a person who doesn't know Jesus Christ, what if you were to start getting on your knees and doing a, a prayer investment? I'm on my knees praying for people. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray for God to open a door, an opportunity. I'm not going to be judgmental, but I'm not going to be loose here. I'm going to I'm gonna try to give a good picture of who Jesus Christ is to the best of my ability, knowing that I'm not perfect. Man, what if you were to do that? I mean, you have no idea the impact that God could use and do in your life. I'm telling you. And finally, you decide what you will share, what you will share. I came to faith in Jesus Christ in 1982, which I know is a long time ago. I know it looked like it, I know. My parents didn't go to church. Someone shared Christ with me. I placed my faith in Christ in 1982. I had a best friend. His name was David Willis. He and I played sports together. We actually walked home from school together. And that summer, I hadn't seen him. I accepted Christ. Well, you know, it was different back then. You didn't have cell phones. If you knew what someone was going on in their life, you had to go see them. You know what I'm talking about? It's not like now. So I hadn't seen him in several weeks. He was a better athlete than me. He's better looking than me. He's more popular than me. He and I were friends. He was my best friend. And I picked him up in my car. We hung out, and he said, what have you been doing this summer? I said, hey, man, I'll tell you something. I went to this week of camp, and I placed my faith in Jesus Christ. His jaw went, and I was not a Christ follower. And then I said, hey, I think you ought to place your faith in Jesus Christ, too. And then he said, how do you know that's right? What about Buddha? What about Hindu? And I went, I don't know about all that. <laughs> I've just been doing this a couple of weeks. <laughs> I did. I thought, it was the, I thought it was the ultimate failure. I thought, big F right here as far as sharing your faith. He got out of my car. And we'd see each other, but I was on a different path than him, and we we would talk and everything, but it was different. And that was in August. Or September, that was in September, no, it was August. It was August of 1982. 
I was at school one day in December 1982. He walked up to me in school and said, hey, I want to go to church with you. He placed his faith in Jesus Christ in January of 1983. You know, I know that. He posted on my Facebook sometimes. Thank you, Gary, for telling me about Jesus. Pastors, a church in my hometown, I never knew that in a moment. I never knew that that moment was going to affect his life. and He was going to be pastoring a church. I didn't know I was going to be a pastor. When I tell you you have no idea the impact of your life, listen to me. You have no idea the impact of your life. You just got to decide what you're going to share. I'm going to share Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to share this scripture with you. And I'm going to give you some pointers here. I know we've got to go. He says, and that message is the very message about faith that we preach. The message of Jesus Christ is what he's talking about. And then he says this, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Now I want to stop right here. If you've never believed in Jesus Christ, once you hear me on this, you don't have to know anything else. You don't. You don't have to know Revelation or Leviticus, angels or demons or any kind of theology. You don't have to answer all the questions or anything like that. Listen to me. All you got to do is believe this one thing. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he rose from the dead and I want to follow him. You know what the Bible says? You are saved. Now hear me on this if you've been saved. You don't have to have all the answers either. As a matter of fact, I don't know that people want all the answers. You know what they want to know? They want to know how your life's been changed. When COVID was going around, a lot of people didn't want to get the vaccine, which I know is real political. And so they had all these home remedies. You remember that? I'm taking echinacea. I'm taking turmeric. Now, if this is you, that's okay. I'm taking vitamin D. People would walk up to me and go, hey, man, I'm taking echinacea. I'm taking turmeric. I'm taking vitamin. All these things. You know what I'd say to them? That's exactly what Pastor Scott has taken. They'd go, yeah. I said, right before he got COVID. I would. I'd say it all the time. <laughs> Listen to me. Once you give him a remedy, it works. His name's Jesus Christ, the one who died and rose again. Once you give him that remedy, Scripture goes on to say, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God is by opening and declaring your faith that you're saved. As the scripture tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. So it doesn't matter if you're Jewish or Gentile. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? That's us. So I'm going to give you some thoughts here. Tell people your testimony. Share your testimony of what God has done in your life. The second thing is this. Be patient. We want people to accept Christ on the spot. And listen, they're going to process. They need to process. You need to process. You probably process when you hear Listen, I processed when I heard it. The third thing, pick your spots. Don't be overbearing. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't ram Jesus down your throat every time. Don't give him 10 Bible verses every time you walk in the door. and see. It's just not going to work, y'all. But you know what you tell him? You say, look, this is what happened to me. He changed my life. My life's better. 
because people cannot argue with the testimony. It's okay if you don't know all the answers. And then finally, I want you to hear this. Don't give up. First service, there's a guy sitting right here, right where you guys are sitting. He was sitting in that chair. He painted my house 20 years ago. Painted my house. I shared Christ with him seven years. Took seven years. I'd see him at Walmart. I'd see him at Walmart, and, he's, and then we would talk, and he, he went, and no part of it. No part of it. And I thought, this is going nowhere. Seven years. Guess what? Placed his faith in Jesus Christ. He's here. His kid's here. Baptized his kid a couple of months ago. You have no idea. Listen to me. You have no idea what God's going to do with you if you'll do this. It's the call of your life. So this is how I want to end. I know some of you here today and you don't believe in Jesus. I want to go over this first one more time. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to get your life together. You don't have to get cleaned up. You just need Jesus and then let him do the rest. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Maybe that's you today. So here's what I want to do. I want to, I'm, going to, I'm going to say a prayer for anybody here today. I'm going to give you a chance to respond. I don't want anybody to walk out of here not saved. And then we're going to sing a song, a declaration of God's work in our life. And then listen, we're going to walk out of here and we're going to go tell people about Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to bow your head with me. Father, I thank you that you save people. I thank you that you love us so much that you sent Jesus and that if we trust you, we will be saved. If we believe in you. And so, Lord, I'm praying for those here today who have not placed their faith in you. And I'm asking to the crowd right now as I'm praying. Every head is bowed. I'm just asking you. Would you like to place your faith in Jesus Christ today? And if you would, would you raise your hand? Is there anybody here? You raise your hand. You've never placed, okay? All right. Hold them up for just a second. Never place your faith. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for the hands that have gone up. For those who have said, I want Jesus. And Lord, I pray that they, they would see they don't need to know anything else right now. They just need to know that you loved them and that you died on the cross for him, and you rose from the dead, and because of that, there's hope for all of us. And then, Lord, for the rest of us, what I'm praying that we tell people what you've done in our lives, how you've been good to us, how you've changed us, how you've helped us, and that we will see the impact of our life when we do. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.